0: you unlock this benefit with the key of patreon beyond is another dimension a dimension of thought a dimension of speculation a dimension of mind you're moving into a land of both waffle and substance of things and ideas you've just crossed into the podcast zone Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Trekking Through the Twilight So We've got a little sneaky, sneaky episode uh, Before the pilot, that was the official pilot of the TV show Apparently Rod Serling, playing his car droid, snuck in a back door pilot for a thing Through a different TV show uh, An hour long episode And it's called, I have got to check it now, what's it called Julian? You got the, the Time Element The Time Element, thank you uh, this was 1958. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an hour long, or just shy of an hour, um, and it's a, an interesting story. Uh, a gentleman goes to his doctor, psychiatrist, to talk about whatever he has, this reoccurring dream, where he goes back to 1941, um, and he goes back to Pearl Harbour, and he, he exists there, he interacts with people, and he tries to dissuade um a young young newly married uh ensign from going back on his ship because he knows that he'll be doomed if he does so uh and but in every dream uh every time he dreams he wakes up he has a fight he's knocked out and when he wakes up for inside the dream he hears the the japanese planes coming and that is when he wakes up in real life until he eventually does not wake up at that point and then we have the question of uh the time element um because it then turns out that his psychiatrist also remembers this guy and remembers teach you know, uh, having him as a patient, but he may not have actually lived in this period. So Julian, what, what are your first thoughts then on the
1: time element? Well, I, I think it's fascinating. It, it is a throwback to this earlier anthology period where, uh, we had these, these shows, um, in this case, the, the Westinghouse Desilu Playhouse, um, of course, sponsored by Westinghouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's perfectly charming to see um, Desi Arnaz introducing a Twilight Zone episode uh, <laughs> in, 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 effectively. Um, it's very strange. And, and then there's a recorded bit with uh, Lucy, uh, Lucille Ball uh, showing up to at the uh, end. To, yeah, to talk about the Westinghouse uh, refrigerator. Fridge. Yeah, yeah,
0: I saw that. That was I really enjoyed that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, back when you hawked the products personally, um, and they could sponsor the whole program, um, you know, and Sterling submitted the script. It is a very Twilight Zone script. Mm. I think it's interesting. You know, be interesting once we get to season four of the Twilight Zone to talk about. The format of an hour versus a half hour. Yes. Um, and, and here I feel like this would be a strong half hour episode. It is a little long at an hour.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and Serling apparently when he started the Twilight Zone, um, he felt the same. He felt the opposite. He felt that he wanted that hour and the network only wanted to give him a half hour. But by the time he got to like season four, he felt like um, at, at a half hour you can have the twist come in at the end of a half hour, and it's not be labored.
0: Mm.
1: Here it feels like, you know, it is kind of stretched in the middle. Um, does yeah. that make
0: sense? No, I I agree. I I actually see. I know exactly what you're saying. Um there's this there's, 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 yeah because it's almost like the end they try to pack in like a series of things don't they it's like the right. end it's like well you've sat there for sort of 50 minutes so we're going to give you a whole bunch of things to sort of really hammer home the twist of this um and and whilst i appreciate some of it i also feel that it's a bit um like you say belay but it feels like it's like oh okay cool. well i only need one of those twists to really sort of like to to give me the 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 answers that I would or at least the you know, the ambiguity or the, the inclination that was there's something weird you don't need to keep telling me these different bits, um, so but yeah no I, I, what I would say is though about the middle bit because it does repeat and it does go on a bit and maybe forty five minutes or maybe sort of would, would have been better rather than half an hour but what I would say is the main guy in this um, I don't remember his name the actor. But I really like his performance. Like, I really like how, and as a character, because you get the the length of time, you actually sort of get to spend time with him. You get to see that he's sort of like, you know, how he deals with this and the sort of like the way he did this thing of going back in time where he's like, is he this dream? You know, is he going back in time? And instantly like he gets into a bit of a, you know, shuffle with people about Pearl Harbor. And he's like, well, screw it. Then I can remember all these sporting events and all these other things, hell it, I'll, I'll, to help with it, I'll just gamble on these things. And then gets brought back to it again, sort of like when this young couple starts to check in on him and stuff. So I like that there's this sort of like, you know, frustration and stuff with him, Is you know, when he tries different things. It's, it's, it's interesting. I just find that he's an interesting character. He's not black and white, you know what I mean? He's actually got some sort of, he feels like he's got humanity. So I, I, I find him to be an interesting, interesting protagonist.
1: Yeah, I do too. Um what really occurs to me is that he doesn't feel like a twilight zone character. Um yeah. he feels like he reminds me of um Jack Kirby. He reminds me of like Ben Grimm. You know, mm, he's mm. he is a rough and tumble urban guy. Mm. Um and yeah, he, he sort of talks like this like well, you know, if, you're not going to do that. I'm doing it too much like a thirties gangster or something, but it's like, well, you know, I, you know, you better be careful or I'll punch you. You know, it's just, he's very ready to threaten people. He's a very physical guy in a way that Serling's, um, Twilight Zone characters almost never, ever are. No, even when he does that, it's sedated. Uh, Mm -hmm. this is bigger than life. Um, this is, Clearly, and I wonder how much of that is the show, um, having changed that script or the actor having changed that script. But you know, Serling's characters feel so intellectual and sedated compared to this guy. Um, but I love this guy, mm, <laughs> I, I yes. love this sort of Ben Grimm type. Like, he's such a sort of like every man, he's not an intellectual at all. He never, you know, thinks about it, um, in the same way. A- at the same time, I you know, he tries to do what's right. And I am confused about how much time he has this whole bit that I'm sure they, maybe they added for length where he makes all of these bets yeah,
0: yeah. on
1: future events. He does all of that on the day prior to Pearl Harbor. Yeah. I mean, apparently these bookies are perfectly, he's made a list of every sporting event and he's perfectly these bookies are perfectly willing to take bets for years in the future on sports teams that don't even exist yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know when he finds the time to do this. I do like the sort of early Spider-Man right, thing of I'm going to use this power to advance myself. Yeah, um, I don't think we see nearly enough of that, but it doesn't really work. Mm. I mean You I mean, like the
0: character. I do like the character. I agree. I think like you say, the nature of him like that rough and tumbleness, that sort of like a br- brusqueness that sort of that he has. Um I also like his reactionaryness. Like he's very reactionary like he sat in the bar and he's a bit like and like you say like he he never tries to intellectualize or sort of uh like figure this out. He's just like he's like well I went to bed last night and now I'm in a bar. So yeah, I'll have a drink. You know, like that's it. Like that's his his way of dealing with it. And then when he's lear- he sees the newspaper and he sees the sort, of, you know, it comes through that he's in nineteen forty one. His instant response is he starts to sort of like to challenge everyone, isn't it? And then then he's like, oh, "Fine, fine," and just walks out. And it's just like he doesn't want to have to try and um, process this. It just is, you know. And so he's like, okay, well, if it just is, then I'm going to deal with it. Um, and so he's very matter-of-fact, but he sort of reacts to it. Uh, and there's several there's several instances where he does, like, that frustration builds up. And so he does something. Like, the betting is an, is almost like an outlay of that frustration. It's like, well, if it's going to happen, then I might as well go and spend this money. Like, And then cause later on, when again, when no one's listening to him and he gets uh, pushed over into the uh, the, the young guy, p- punches him and he falls into the jukebox. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, they're clearly going for some sort of a level of heart, you know, and, and emotion. And he gets up and he's like, Fine, I'll give you some music. And then the, the, the jukebox doesn't work. He says, Fine, I'll sing you a song. And he sings the songs about, you know, um, uh, remembering Pearl Harbor and, and grab your ammunition and remember Pearl Harbor and these songs. And he says, You don't know those, but you will in six months' time. And, 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 and you can see he's just sort of like, he's just petulant and pissy about it and it's sort of like it's human that's the reaction he's like well, all right if you're not going to listen to me then you know balls to you i'll just you know I'm gonna, um, and he has the same reaction again when he goes into uh, the newspaper or the the to tell them the story everyone thinks he's a kook and he starts to say like you know have you heard about like the los angeles dodgers and this and that and he's like and he just storms out and it's just like you know I like him just for that fact. He just, like you say, he doesn't feel like he's not, he's not stupid, but he's sort of like, he, he doesn't want to have to try and face up to this.
1: Yeah. I, I, I like everything you're saying. And I, I like how he also, I mean, there are things that I am bothered by. I mean, I like the singing. I like the, mm. you know, sort of angry rants. I do think the list of things from uh, 1958 goes on a bit long there yes. as, he, as he's leaving the uh newspaper i don't know why he's really at the newspaper like he wants them to print that this is going to happen i guess yeah he's
0: basically saying he wants them to say we have a report that the japanese are coming to uh, bomb pearl harbor because they even confront him and say well why aren't you telling the army and he's like because by the time i get to someone who who threw the bureaucracy it'll be too late Mm-hmm. You, you, you could get this out as an extra like today. So you know, get mm-hmm. it out, and they all think he's a kook as well. So
1: yeah, it, I, yeah. I just, I mean, are they going to put that on the radio, or are they going to print a bonus edition the night before Pearl Harbor, saying this guy came into my office?
0: That's the problem with it because they do. They say it's going to be. He wants it to be a newspaper, and I'm like, well, who's going to have read it before like eight AM yeah. the next morning? Like, um, exactly. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, it just. It just yeah <laughs> it's one of those sort of daft ones where you're a bit like oh well that sort of uh you know at least you had an idea
1: not a good idea
0: but you had no yeah
1: well and that's the same objection i have to the gambling but um but you know those objections aside i do love that character and i mm-hmm. love like you say he's human it, it also occurs to me he doesn't have a plan you know i yeah. love the idea that you you know or a drunk and you can't tell time travel from a normal blackout. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Uh, But also he, you know, it's not like, you know, I mean, Marty McFly had the doc to -hmm. give him some guidance here. He's got no guidance and he's just, you know, but he's just being himself. But every character in every time travel movie that we have ever seen stops and puts together a plan. He's just like, Screw it! And I'm like I'm not putting together a plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got no agenda, so I I do really like that that character. I agree. Like yeah, there's
0: almost like a belligerence about it. It's just like oh, like if it's going to happen, at least we're going to get a drink. Um, no, I agree, and I, that's why I kind of like him. That it's sort of like, he feels normal. Like he's not super heroic. He's not like you know, him him, um, and, and, and him wanting to save that couple. As well. So he's had that moment with them. He's had this sort of like, you know, this interaction with them. And so like he's like, I can't stop the whole thing. You know, I can't save, uh, you know, a hundred or a thousand lives or whatever, but I can save one. I can stop this guy from getting on his ship tomorrow, working in the engines, you know, in the engineering. I can save this guy's life. I can stop this woman from being a, a, a widow. And I like that because it's almost like his, his, his almost like an obsession you know like that becomes like if I can save one life then mm-hmm. um you know it's almost been worth it sort of thing and I like that that there's that grounding for that sort of thing like you know because if this is if this was a Hollywood film then there would be the whole thing of like you know I can stop the whole thing and sort of literally fighting his way to get to see a general or something like that um You know, but it's not. It's just that I can save one life, and I kind of like that. Um, I I I do like the fact I like the fact as well that it's a stranger. You know, there's not that it's not that he's trying to save his brother or he's sort of like, you know, his friend that went off. Sort of like, you know, he's back home and his friend went off to um, Pearl Harbor or something like that. I like the fact that it's not personal. That it actually makes it mean more to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's more random. Just, uh, just a guy, the one guy mm. that you can save, and that makes it sort of feel more desperate. Mm. Right? Like I can do something. I want to feel like I can do something.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, uh, but one, one thing that's good. Like he, he says, this is a repeat dream, doesn't he? He has this dr- mm. dream repeatedly, and so that you know, th- to get into the logistics or the mechanics of this.
1: Yeah, let's do. Um, is he?
0: So he's obviously not. There's not hunting you know, There's not like tens of him back in 1941. Like he's going back to that point, and so his fail. You know him. Him not being able to stop it the first time. Like he goes to the actions. He says that the actions are always the same.
1: Hmm.
0: So is it? Is it just? Is it? Did he just go back the once, and he's reliving the same? that one experience, or does he go back every time he dreams? And it's slightly different, and he just relives it, or he's slightly, you know, Groundhog Day sort of thing, like he's living that same moment again. I
1: don't know. I don't know either. And it it does seem like he is experiencing it, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like a dream, right? I mean, it does feel like he's there. He's frustrated. We're talking about that. He does seem to i don't know i got the sense with the gambling stuff like he's done that one time right Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know maybe he's doing that for a few hours it's so absurd that this is all one day right yeah um but i mean they want it to be the day before pearl harbor and so it's a shock and and so Mm -hmm. they fit too much in but yeah i don't know how this mechanic works um It's clear that he is part of some sort of, you know, time slip going on. Mm. But it's not really clear if he's reliving it Groundhog Day style or if he, you know, is. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure that the show knows either.
0: No. And I don't think it wants to tell you because the two other elements of it are. um, Is he is he physically going back? Mm hmm. Because he says obviously, you know, he's obviously sleeping because he's wake he says he wakes up. Um and he's not exhausted. Like he's actually his body is resting in some capacity. Um, but at the end, obviously he goes beyond the moment when the, the Japanese planes fly over and we find out that he died in Pearl Harbor, because then the, the doctor is like, I'm sure I have a patient, but then he opens his diary and it's like, No patients, or whatever. Like, you know. Mm. And so you're like, oh, so he remembers this person, but he's not there to be remembered. And then they see the photo in the bar of this guy. He's, oh, he used to tend the bar. Um, he died in Pearl Harbor. And I was like, well, hang on. Did he die in Pearl Harbor, the attack? Because he wasn't. So, you know, that, bit, that, that was really confused by us. I was like, what? So he actually was a person that lived in 1941 and died. So who the hell was it that was in the doctor's office? I don't get that bit.
1: Yeah, it's not really clear. I mean, so it seems like well, the other thing that I have a problem with is place, not just time but place. So mm. he's clearly not in uh, in Hawaii no. when he with the psychiatrist. So when he when the psychiatrist goes to the bar at the end and he says he used to tend bar here. Yes. They're not in Honolulu. <laughs> no. So why did he 10 bar there prior to uh, you know, prior to Pearl Harbor Um, you know, so, and then I guess flew out to Hawaii and was killed in the attack. I, I, it doesn't really make sense, but you have to believe that because any version of events includes that, right. Mm. You know, whether, whether time has been altered by the main character Or all of this has been, you know, in fact, it's been the psychiatrist who's been hallucinating. Um, I mean, that's possible, too. It's possible that having gone back in time, he died in Pearl Harbor. Somehow that erased him in the present, uh, you know, which is 1958, um, which doesn't really make sense. But, I mean, I'm not sure any of this really makes sense. No.
0: If you listen to sort of Desi, when he comes back to sort of remove at the end, he does, he actually just says, I think the doctor just saw his photo at the bar and made it be like, oh, all right, well, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it is interesting. It's weird because, let's say, the, 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 the logistics of it don't seem to work. I mean, the, the two things that, that sprang to mind when I was watching this was um, John Carter of Mars, oh, that notion of falling asleep and then going off to, to Barsoon. Um, was one thing and I was like okay I can buy that and then the other one was um that, that film with Christopher Reeve in uh, what is it one moment in time I don't know. Um, there's a film and it, it contains like a bootstrap paradox where he um, he he thinks himself and he, thinks, and he goes back and sort of uh, to, to this woman that lived in the sort of the 20s I think or something like that um, and he's able to travel in time, and he obsesses with his photograph, and then he goes back to her. Um, and it was a similar thing, where I sort of I was like, oh, okay, this is this is um, a similar concept. But and I, I was I was I was happy with that throughout the episode until the end, and then and again, like you said, they they fit in too much. And if they just left it, like the Doctor was like, huh, I was supposed to have if they had a shining ending, I don't think I'd have been happier with it. Mm. If he was, I was expecting Mr. So-and-so to come in today. And then he goes to the bar instead and he looks over and there's a picture of people celebrating. And then, Oh, that was taken. He goes, Oh, that was, that's from my brother's bar in Honolulu when it was taken. That's an old photo taken mm. just before the Japanese attacked. And then there's this grumpy guy in the background looking all pissed off. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He'd be like, that's yeah. him. Like, I'd be like, Oh, okay. That's kind of like, that's that. It's a silly paradox, but like, at least it's like a shining the shining ending isn't like he was caught in a photograph in 1941 and then killed in the bombing
1: um yeah i mean it's somewhere in time somewhere uh, in time um, 1980 Mm. um yeah i mean i i hate the shining i mean the shining ending doesn't make any sense whatsoever no it Um, doesn't but but at at least it works right i mean it it would be better than what we get here Mm. right I mean, I'm so irritated by The Shining ending, but you're right that it it would be a quick way of doing a much better job here and mm. just saying, aha, he really was in 1941. What do you make of that is what you want to make of that, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly, like, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's the thing. Because this, this, this whole thing works until the ending, and that's sort of mm. the problem. And I think... Um, because I like the character so much, and I, I want sort of I enjoy this this his sort of like you know the interactions with him, and then so when it does pay off, it's a bit disappointing. Um, and it, you know, I, I, yeah. the other thing is I'm not entirely sure what, what I'm supposed to feel at the end of it. If you know what I mean, like yeah. you've been following this guy, and am i supposed to feel like sad because he was actually killed in 1941, or is it sort of like a validation of what was going on. So I should sort of feel, you know, at least as that, so he was validated. Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't really give you anything. It, it's quite a cold ending to be like, oh, okay, well, that's just, that's just what it is. Um, And then it might just be me, but I just sort of felt like a bit, a bit like a damp squib. I think it's probably the best way to describe it.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that if we're supposed to feel anything, it's just, you know, this guy is somebody who we like, or is identifiable and golly, he is sure going through some stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, I think that's basically it. Um, I, I will say that the, it's gotta be the case. I mean, this is 1958 that that twist ending and uh, the sort of like literary kind of intelligence of this, of this story, what made a start, Right. That caused a stir. And people were sort of amazed by this this twist ending. So, you know, the simple fact that, you know, we, we get this today, whether it's, you know, people complain about M. Night Shyamalan sort of twist endings and, you know. But but every once in a while you you do see I mean whether it's a Marvel movie or it's you know some some sort of show that isn't quite up to the present day snuff uh, that has some sort of twist
0: and mm. you say
1: right yeah it's got a twist but what the hell does that mean yeah. Um, uh, this is 1958 and the standards are maybe not quite as high, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the idea that there is this twist and it's resonant and you can argue about it, uh, after the show is pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's, it's a literal sort of like water cooler moment, isn't it? Like, did you see uh, you know, the time element last night or what did that mean? I suppose that there would be definitely part, that would be part of it for those that watched it. Um, and you're right about the, the, the number or the volume of sort of like shows that would be having this kind of twist ending or anything like, you know, would be far, far fewer. Like, you know, it's every other week now. It's where sort of like, aha, I'm your brother's, you know, I'm your husband's gardener. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, like, okay, cool. Like, you know, fine. It's So yeah, there's a load of those sort of twist endings now, or you get the opposite where you have an entirely reasonable TV show and they're like, we're bringing this to a close. They're all dead. And you go, oh, all right. Well, that was uh, (laughs) a waste of my time for eight seasons.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm I'm actually you from the future. And you decided to do this after, you know, discovering that uh, you were really working for the Russians. Yeah. Uh, Like, okay, all right, I got it. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, this is ahead of its time in that. It is, it is. And I I can see
0: why, and I'm assuming, you know, I'm, I'm... I think we've mentioned it before. Uh, I would like to. I'd like to know more about what happened to get the the Twilight Zone started. Like this is clear, like Rod Serling submitted the script. And there's something there. You know, is this what got him his attention That got him the attention. He's yeah, 58, obviously. Like you know, uh, the Twilight Zone comes the end of 59 into 60. So like a year later, you've got he's got his own TV show where he's writing these for a half hour period. So. You know, I'm assuming he was writing for TV at the time. But, um, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to see how that'll come together.
1: Well, um, apparently, uh, and I had read this before, but when they aired the time element, you know, Mm. this is Westinghouse, Desilu Playhouse, right? Who gives a shit, right? This is on and forgotten. Um, Reruns were really uncommon. Mm. And they got more than uh, 6,000 letters uh, praising this. And people were hearing about this, you know, this play and wanting to see it. um, and probably, I imagine hearing about that twist ending, and you know, being like, "Whoa, did you see that? I'm not sure what was really going on. Like it was smart, what you know, and so people wanted to and they reran it. um, and it was shocking that that they reran it um. Mm. um you know, it was a big deal for them to, to do so. So, apparently that sort of was enough that he was able to get a, a series out of this.
0: Interesting. So, it was that sort of thing of of uh, it got him the attention, the sort of, you know, who, who's this young whippersnapper that's writing us this, this script? Um, oh, yeah. he been here now, kind of thing. Yeah, he
1: was, he was a uh, sort of up-and-coming uh, guy already, and uh, this was his sort of uh, big breakthrough. Oh, okay,
0: interesting. See that—that that does make sense. Like, I can see that. Like, he took the opportunity and was like, "Cool, here's a script." And as you say, like, I can see that this this thing would work in 1958. Um, and fair play, because it gave us the the you know it was an mm-hmm. entryway into um, the Twilight Zone. W- one thing I said, just moving forward, one of the things we we have talked about as we've gone through, we've only done the first two seasons. But we have had several. There are several time slip episodes uh, within those first two seasons. Whether it be, you know, towards the end of um, season two, sort of a like hundred yards over the rim, which is a time slip into the future. Um, but there's also we have a lot of nostalgia ones. What's the the one that from the season one where that he talks to his he goes back and to his parents and, and sees himself as mm-hmm. a boy and
1: walking distance,
0: walking distance. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So you, this idea of time slips and ways of, of traveling through time is clearly sort of because it, it, it comes up quite a bit really, with, with Serling. Um, yeah. And usually it comes with this notion of, of regret or the opportunity to re- address something. Um And I find that fascinating. I wonder what it is. That, so I, I wonder what it is that Serling did wrong, that he's like, I wish I could that. I <laughs> change that. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting how this theme replays for, for Rod
1: Serlin. Um, it's it's interesting because the interviews I've seen of him, um, and, and he went to Antioch college and actually took some time off during the original twilight zone to teach (laughs) there. Uh, and, and I was a, was an undergrad at Antioch, um, and, and knew he had graduated there. Um, you know, it's, it's a weird place. Um. Anyway, uh, he in interviews talks about I mean, so he was sort of restless. Right. Mm. I mean, you don't leave a a network show back when there were three networks to, you know, to um, teach at college if you're not a weird, restless kind of thoughtful guy. Right. On the other hand, he was very quick to say that he did not have regrets and that, Mm, you know, he he did not seem fixated and he seemed very unromantic about um the show while also wishing he had more creative control and being frustrated that there were things you couldn't do on the network and you know sort of being that artistic intellectual guy um still you know not he never seemed like somebody who held grudges and yet he or or really regretted stuff and yet he has all of these plots about regretting things and needing to go back and come to terms with things
0: yeah maybe it's in his subconscious maybe it's uh something he should have he needed to address i don't know it is interesting how it comes up again and again and uh you know it feels to me like there's clearly something more there i don't don't know i could be completely wrong it could just be like you know one of those things where he's like what what psychology what what nonsense
1: are you talking about well and it it might also be coming to terms with you know, if nothing else, I mean, being a workaholic, you don't write this mm. many scripts without being a workaholic. And he, he smoked four three or four packs a day. Uh, so, you know, he's, you know, not taking care of his health yeah. and, and working really well and, and thinking too much. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for people in your life who who love you and for yeah. you to love. Um, so, I mean, there's that, too.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. Maybe it's more sort of um, it, it, these time slips often do sort of centre around family, don't they, and, and those sorts of things. So, yeah, interesting. I'm interested to sort of feeling about. My, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming at one point, at one point throughout us doing this five seasons, I, I, there's a there's a couple of books I've spotted that sort of have that, you know, either a sort of like a mini a biography of, of of Rod Serling, and there's a companion to. The Twilight Zone and that sort of thing. And there's a couple where I'm like, oh, that'd be quite cool to dip into. i might I might look at that. Um gives you some background and context. Um, but anyway, I'm 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 aware of sort of like you know the time of this. Oh, so any any other thoughts or any final thoughts really on um the uh, the time element?
1: No, it's it's a delight for me to to see this. I've never seen this before, mm. and it has not usually been packaged with the Twilight Zone. Um, so it's a delight for me to see this. It, it really should be, you know, episode 100, you know, uh, yeah. the the real pilot of the, before season one. Um, so, you know, it's a trip and, and it really does share a lot with what comes later. It really is of a piece with uh, the mm-hmm. Twilight Zone.
0: No, definitely, you can feel the essence that we talk about, you know, in the wrap up of the season two, we talked about sort of the essence and those things. And there's definitely some of those recipes, those ingredients are in this. Mm. Um, And it's that thing of, um, what did I say? Like you listen to a band and you recognize the song, like, you know, you can see the writing of Serling in this, like it's there. and, and so it's, it's quite recognisable. And it's nice to see it. And, and what I would say is like, it makes me quite interested and excited for season four when it actually goes to an hour format to be like, okay, cool. What what am I going to get there? Like, you know, how is he going to ex- expand on characters and stuff in those episodes? So quite excited for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: so yes, so there we have it. Uh, one last chance. Anything else to talk about on, on the on the time element? Well,
1: no, I, I, I hope... Uh... Others get the chance to watch it on YouTube, um, yeah. and I hope that people are going along with us and enjoying trekking through this wildlife zone.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah we're doing so, so much good stuff. There will be a link down below um, to to it on on YouTube, so you can go check it out. I'll even put in the notes because I completely forgot to mention that in the start of the episode because we've spoiled everything about it. But so go watch it <laughs> first and then come back. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, like you say, we we we've, we've sort of rounded out season two. We had this little bit of a um, an intermission, if you will, uh, for this moment. Uh, but soon we'll be back and we'll be doing season three, uh, moving straight into season three um, and cracking on with that. And there are thirty seven episodes in in. Uh, season 3, so a lot to get through and some Fantastics, and some more Classics
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: And I believe some, you know, some possibly some more Remakes and some other bits and pieces, so we will be doing ad- ad- additional episode, so Hope you're enjoying it, let us Know, that's what I'm saying, just come and let us know Speak to us, let us know what, you know, if we're trekking through The Twilight Zone, you're coming with us on this journey uh, Let us know what you're thinking uh, And if you're enjoying it, and if we are right Or wrong, or if you agree with our opinions Come find us on all the social medias uh, at Twentieth Century Geek at Podtop Space, we are happy to listen. Or just email us. You know, you um, there's links everywhere. Find us. Anyway, Julian, this was great. Well done for finding this. I didn't know about this, so thank you for for bringing this to my attention. It was great.
1: Um, yeah, I'm so glad to be doing this with you, and I'm and I'm really glad that people are supporting it and listening, and it's it's. I look forward to this so much
0: yeah it's been this is, this is this is a real sort of look because again i don't i don't i've never seen it before a lot of these i know of them so watching all these back to back and going through them is a re- is a proper journey and I'm, and I'm you know excited for it but anyway, ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for your support thank you very much for listening and uh, we shall see you on the next episode